there. Welcome back to this Human Life Podcast. I am Melissa Sonova and this is the companion podcast to the book, This Human. I am reading through the book page by page and stopping and telling stories and diving a little bit deeper into the content. You'll probably see in the description it's not quite a podcast, not quite an audiobook, but hopefully providing another way to connect more deeply with the content that's in the book. So we have been dropping these episodes every week and we are up to page 107, about to start uh, chapter four, which between you and me is one of my favorite chapters because it talks about human connections. It talks about the heart and the role the heart plays in uh, human-centered design and human-centered leadership. So without further ado, let's jump straight in. Page 107, connection. Making human connections is the heart and soul of your work. Designing for meaningful impact requires more than your intellect. It requires your heart. Everything we do as human-centered designers is about connecting with people. One way or another, our work is informed by people, created by people or in service of people. But our work is very task-oriented. We move from task to task, meeting to meeting and workshop to workshop. We don't pay enough attention to who is actually in the room, on the phone or on the screen. We tend to be so focused on the job at hand that we forget to establish a connection with the people we are working with and for. This chapter focuses purely on the importance of heartfelt human connection, why it is important and how to create it. If you only take away one idea from this book, let it be this. There's a bit of a a signal to my, let's call it a a preference or a bias towards being heart-centered. All right, page 110. It's all about people. You may think it's hard to build human connection in a work context or that it will get in the way of doing your work. It is perfectly possible to do good work by focusing on what needs to be done and delivering to the right level of quality on time and within budget. Absolutely. No doubt about it. But the experience of getting there can either be inspiring and fulfilling or draining and empty. Paying attention to the people involved in your work can shift it from being good to brilliant. And in my view, that's essential for anyone who is interested in being excellent at designing with and for people. Connection increases happiness. When we build heartfelt connections with the people we work with and with those whom our work is ultimately in service of, usually the customers or citizens or clients, we feel better about what we're working on and ultimately we feel better about ourselves and the contribution we are making through our work. Love is not discussed much in the context of work, but there is such a thing as companionate love. In a recent article, from Wharton on companionate love. They define it as the care between colleagues who are together day in and day out, who are mindful of each other's feelings, show compassion when things don't go as planned, and support each other in any way they can. According to a recent Harvard Business Review article, the presence of this connection increases satisfaction in teamwork, reduces absenteeism, 
and improves client outcomes. Connection boosts creativity. Work can be isolating, especially when you're in the middle of making sense of an immense amount of data. Being diligent about keeping other people involved in your work gives you access to their knowledge, their perspectives and their ideas. This feeds your creativity and strengthens your sense-making. Building real human connections with people you work with makes the work easier and better. Connection increases your influence. Your work is only as impactful as the distance your relationships extend. The best way to have impact is to have more connections and more friends. People like to work with people they like. Connecting with people and forming a network of genuine relationships increases the likelihood that your work will have a greater impact. Connection creates opportunities. Knowing people and having genuine connections with them lets you give them opportunities they wouldn't have otherwise. And it works both ways. Human connection allows for the propagation of opportunities and impact in emergent, creative and synchronous ways. They are people too. We often forget that we are working with people and we forget that as human-centered designers, we are designers who design with and for people. It's, it feels like a really obvious statement to be placing in a book that is about human-centered design. There is a reason why I wrote the book with the focus that it has, which is how to be the person who designs with and for other people. And that is often because in the enactment of human-centered design, we can sometimes forget the fundamental premise of the practice, which is to remember that we're designing for people or with people. And we shouldn't just assume that because we're using the process of human-centered design, that we're actually being human-centered in the way that we go about it. There's many an occasion where I've seen people follow the process of human-centered design in a beautiful practice, but actually not treat the people that they're working with as humans, treat them as roles and focus their humanity on the people that the organization is ultimately in service of, which is, you know, usually the people outside the organization, the customer, the citizen, the client. This is something that I'm really passionate about because human-centered design is about not just the, the ultimate people that are going to be using the product or the service that you're designing, but it's also all the people along the way that you need to collaborate with and, and work with in a way that you're designing for them too. That's, you know, when we talk about employee experience and customer experience, that's essentially what we're talking about is there's an opportunity to design for every human in the system, basically. And one of the ways that we can connect with, you know, what people need and, and how we can design for them is through this connection, this human connection, this ability to be open-hearted in the way that we practice our work. People, quite rightly, shy away from being open-hearted at work. We are almost trained to be this alter ego, this sort of professional version of ourselves where we're all in our head and we're very task oriented and outcome oriented and solutions focused and these are all the things that we're trained to do as professionals but along the way 
we also need to remember that every single person that we're interacting with are humans. They're people too, with complex lives and you know things that are going on for them that may be positive, may be negative, that actually influence the way they show up at work and the way that they apply themselves to their jobs. And being the person that is there to help facilitate a human-centered process and way of working and not allowing yourself to be open to human connection is somewhat paradoxical in my view. All right. Genuine human connection. There is a lot of talk about the seven steps to this and the eight steps to that and a single step that will lead to financial freedom for life. Human connection can't be built from following a series of steps. However, it can be built through your own awareness of yourself, your actions and thinking, and your openness to inviting connection in. Genuine connections occur when you are open and inviting to them. For a lucky few, this comes naturally. And for a human-centered designer, that is a huge bonus. For the rest of us, especially in our distracted current realities, it takes a little practice. And I have to say, I'm reading this now, it's November 2020, and we have had quite the year where it's been more and more difficult to actually foster those close, authentic human connections because we've all been separated by technology. Essentially, we've been on the other side of a screen. And I recently was able to, being in Melbourne, and Melbourne's just come out of a pretty a significant lockdown for a pretty significant amount of time and uh, seeing one of my um, close friends and colleagues in real life was odd it felt very you almost felt exposed and so for people in this line of work this ability to be able to connect open-heartedly is something that we really need to cultivate consciously so that we can use our heart as a primary organ of perception and help our intellect and help inform our intellect. In fact, it's one of the things that I teach in the Deep Leadership Program. And there's a free masterclass on melissanova.com. I'll put the link in the show notes uh, where I talk about the connection between the heart and the brain and how the heart is actually informing the brain about all sorts of things the signals more signals going from the heart to the brain than the other way around and we just in a work context sometimes we devalue that and I think it's really important to I don't know let it in <laughs> all right we're going to do exercise 4.1 page 112 genuine connections the following ideas are designed for you to contemplate apply and learn from. They are not steps. They have no order. They are simply for you to consider, explore and experiment with. So basically, these are things that I've learned in my experience in studying people for the past two decades and also being, you know, a business owner and a leader and being really amazing at that job and really being really, really bad at that job. So <laughs> these are, I guess, a set of principles that have been informed by my life professional life and my personal life okay be authentic building heartfelt connection requires you to share aspects of yourself this may require you to be vulnerable we often have a facade or persona that we bring to work because work environments can be competitive and combative 
If you try to connect with people while you are being disingenuous, your connection will only be as deep as your facade. Sometimes people are afraid to be authentic, even in encouraging environments. It takes courage to share aspects of yourself. But when you begin to share, others around you do too, and you ultimately create more meaningful relationships. I could talk for ages and ages on authenticity because sometimes the notion of being good and being authentic get conflated. But I have a sneaky suspicion I have already told you this story, so I'm not going to go into it again now. <laughs> yeah, okay, moving on. Invite randomness. Relax your perceptions about who you should be friends with or not. Be open to random connections and experiences. You might need to be a little more open than usual, a little more curious than usual, and a little more adventurous than usual. For people who are interested in understanding the human condition, inviting in the unexpected is a powerful way to uncover your unknown unknowns. One of the things that I have missed the most about being in isolation and having to stay home is these random, serendipitous, unexpected, unscripted, unscheduled uh, interactions that you get to have with people when you're just out and about in the world. The accidental things that you notice, you know, the person you bump into on the street, the person you're waiting at the, with at the traffic lights before you cross the road, you know, someone who's standing next to you in the coffee line, all of these situations and scenarios create the opportunity for serendipity and randomness. And I know that me personally, a lot of those interactions I look forward to and I'm open to as they really fuel my, my creativity and my understanding of who I am in the world and therefore how I can be of service to others in the world. Connect to connect. Connecting with someone should never have an ulterior motive. You should be fully present, listening and attentive to what they are saying and what they need. Your only motive should be how you can be of service to them. Building connections based on a mutual willingness to support and enable another person creates the perfect condition for collaboration and great work to emerge. Now I feel like I need to talk to that point a little bit so obviously when you're connecting within a work context there is a shared outcome that you are working towards that's a part of your remit or your role or whatever so I think it's normal to have a you know, underlying motive or objective for reaching out and connecting with people in a work context because you need to get stuff done but in the moment of connection I guess what I'm saying is be generous in uh, the way that you are and the way that you show up in that connection you know at the beginning of this human we talk a lot about beliefs and biases and filters and and all of that sort of stuff and one of the ways to really pave a way for genuine connections with people is to be really really present to just be in the moment with the pure intention to connect with the human being that's in front of you and Obviously, the intentionality that sits behind your interactions with this person is guided by what you're there to do and, and what your job is. But often we make it all about that and it can get in the way. Cultivate important relationships. Human connections need nourishment and attention. They are like synapses in your brain. If you don't reinforce them, they will wither away. 
Know the people in your life who are really important to you and make sure you cultivate those connections. Accept people. Oh my God, this has happened again. I tell a story and then I write about it. Okay. Accept people. Chapter one discusses beliefs and biases and their impact on our sense making. This is also true of building genuine connections with people. Be very vigilant about your expectations of people's behavior, what they are capable of and how they will work with you. Be discerning about the people you build strong connections with. Acceptance doesn't mean compromising your own values and standards. It is crucial to know yourself for you to be successful at building genuine connections with others. One of the things that I have been exploring, I guess, in the last 12 months is boundaries, being able to set clear boundaries in in your work relationships and personal relationships. And those boundaries, I always felt were, I don't know, a little bit awkward or I might even go as far as to say they sort of felt selfish to me personally. But what I've learned is that having a clearer understanding of who you are, what your values are, what you're okay with, what you're not okay with, especially, especially in a professional relationship, allows you to be able to set boundaries and reinforce those boundaries with people. And what I have come to learn is that when you're clear and and consistent with those boundaries in terms of, you know, how you want to be treated and what sort of behaviors you're comfortable with and what sort of behaviors you're uncomfortable with, it actually creates a really safe environment for people to uh, connect with you because you're really clear about who you are and and how you how you want to engage and the likelihood of you getting upset or angry or spontaneously you know start crying because your feelings got upset or whatever becomes less likely because you've established what those boundaries are and then that gives the person that you're connecting with some navigation. So in my personal journey around relationships, both professional and personal, I have come to understand and really value boundaries. Express your passion. Allow people to see what makes you tick, what really drives you. This might be directly related to the work you're doing or it might not. It might be something completely random and obtuse. Let people see your passion and allow them to be moved by what moves you. Sharing your passions encourages others to share theirs. And sharing stories about the things that are important to us creates connections that go beyond the task at hand. I think this is really, I mean, on the page I've got them all linked, but this is specifically linked to being authentic and and being vulnerable because sharing your passions is also uh, can be quite a vulnerable act as well especially if it's a new relationship and you know those boundaries haven't been set yet just to bring it all back to that um I have a tip in the corner. Take note, not only are these ideas applicable to your work, <laughs> they are applicable to your whole life. And here's a, we'll finish on this quote by Brene Brown. A connection is the energy that exists between two people when they feel seen, heard and valued, when they can give and receive without judgment and when they derive sustenance and strength from that relationship. Now, who wouldn't want to have a bunch of those relationships in their lives? I know I would. 
Okay, so that brought us to page 113. Very excited to be in chapter four where we get to talk about all of this stuff. Next week, we'll start off with a quote by Rollo May and we'll be kicking off from page 116, which is all about being in service of others. If you want to head over to thishuman.com, there's a bunch of free stuff over there. You can download the index for the book. There's some funny little avatars that I've drawn that you can use as your avatar. Or if you've got kids, you can print them out and give it to them to color in or whatever. They're just a fun thing that I tend to like to do is just draw different types of people and um, so they're free they're for download there's also the worksheets that you can download for free pdfs of the worksheets that are in the book and also if you're interested in doing any sort of one-on-one work with me you can check out the options to be able to do that over at melissanova.com um thank you as always for listening thank you for thinking deeply about the practice of human-centered design and and what it means to be a person who's engaging in this sort of work. I appreciate that it's not always easy to be the person who is the one in the room that's changing things and making others uncomfortable with potential new realities. So thanks for doing the work and uh, I'll see you next week. See ya.